We pick up on Paytet Amabet 89b. We had been discussing how the rabbis have the power to go over and above a Torah law and uh, put in some type of um, uh, decree in place which will actually override uh, Torah law. And uh, we've, we've seen um, a concept uh, of, of Hefke, Beit in Hefke, etc. Anyway, Matamela, uh, we, we said that a husband of a, a young um, if he's married to a uh, a young girl, he becomes impure for her, even if he is a kohen. avinu So here in the case, actually a father from a dorata perspective, uh, and not the man she married, becomes tameh for ribana and mitamela, and only rabbinically uh, this person becomes tamela uh, baal. Uh, the husband becomes tameh for her. Uh, so we see that there is another uh, place where the rabbis override things. Uh, something rabbinic uh, comes and overrides something on a derata level. And the Gemara answers that, no, Mishum Dehavela made mitzvah. Uh, she becomes essentially like a mate mitzah uh, because now she's married, her husband is really taking care of her uh, and there's no incentive for uh, the rest of her family to come up and uh, pay for her burial. And therefore, the husband is the only one uh, who would actually end up paying for uh, the burial. Uh, the Gemara says, but hold on one sec, we uh, have a mate mitzvah. Is she really a mate mitzvah in this instance? A mate mitzvah is generally uh, a, a, a concept as follows. What is defined as a mate mitzvah? Anyone who's got no people, uh, people to bury it. Um, uh, if, if they call, either it's the, the person who finds the corpse or, yeah, or even the, the dead person as they're dying, they call out for help. And uh, if people would answer, uh, that is not a mate mitzvah. Yeah, the school does have relatives that uh, could bury her if needed. Uh, so why is she called a mate mitzvah? Uh, the Gemara says, no. la <laughs> Uh, no, because they um, don't inherit from her, uh, that she would call out uh, to them, and they wouldn't answer, uh, and they would say, "Listen, we, you know, the husband, her new husband, should be taking care of her," and they would leave it as that. So therefore, because the husband inherits from her, that he has to look after burial, and uh, he becomes like a mate mitzvah. Okay, that uh, that uh, you know is 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 that. But now we carry or credit truma. She eats truma. Uh, as a result of being married to him. And the Gemara says, uh, how could that be? We say it's only rabbinic truma, for example, on vegetables, uh, but not from a Torah perspective. Tashma, uh, let's try back this up. Achal truma, into uh, If she eats uh, truma she the uh, if no sorry if uh, if someone uh, goes along and eats uh, a non kohen goes and eats uh, tamei truma uh, belonging to a kohen he has to pay him back not with uh, that same level of truma I said that's tamei he has to go and pay back uh, with tahor uh, uh, truma uh, that that's what he has to do. Um, if the non-Kohen comes and pays back with a Tame Truma, a Tame Chulin, sorry, in place of that Truma, Sumchus says in the name of Rabbi Meir, if he did so by mistake, uh, it is valid, but if he did so on purpose, uh, then uh, that's no good at all.
Okay, the end tashlumim tashlumim. Right. So therefore, chachamim orim the rabbis say echadze vechadze tashlumav tashlumim. Of course, in mishleim chulin tohrin. Both in in both cases, whether it was by mistake or on purpose, uh, what you given is defined as truma, uh, even though it is tame. Uh, but you all, what you also have to do, according to the rabbis, is go paying back uh, with chulin that is tahor in this instance as well. So it's almost like a double payment. Uh, in this in this case, so you've, you've paid him back the tame truma uh, plus uh, the, you, you've paid him back something tame, so that equals. But now you have to go and pay him uh, tahor chulin uh, as well. All right, and vavin and we asked about this um, uh, question. ain't tashlumim tashlumim. According to Rabbi Meir, uh, if you pay him back with uh, tame uh, food, is is his uh, tashlumim uh, not a good tashlumim? Tavo lavracha, you you know you should have a bracha in this instance. Why? What happens is, is that if you go along and you pay him tamay chulin, you go and and you pay him back that, uh, it, he's able to eat that uh, during the days that he is tamay. Uh, and uh, because if it is uh, impure, if it is uh, tame truma, uh, it has to, uh, the only thing you can do with it is burn. Uh, it's, that's all you can do with it. Tame truma has to be burned. However, uh, in the case of of chulin, uh, in this instance, uh, if if you would, you would pay him back a chulin uh, uh, that is tame, he is able to eat that during his days of. Uh, tuma and therefore, uh, what uh, you know, if, if you give it to him, uh, it becomes tuma. But at the time that you you give it to him, it still is um, defined as as chulin and still fine. So therefore, that that's that that's uh, that's okay. So Amarava, Amrila Kadi, either Rava said it, or else either the per- person called Kadi, or else unattributed. Whenever Kadi comes up, that's the question. Actually, uh, to make sense of this, it's as if it's missing words, and it's actually written as follows: uh, If you ate him, if he ate um, uh, tame truma, he pays with anything. Uh, in this instance, okay, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, even if it is uh, tame. Um, chulin, uh, in this case, because uh, you know, eating uh, impure truma, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, anyway, uh, even a kohen is not allowed to eat it. So, uh, you know, if anyone else eats it, uh, he, he can pay back with anything over there. However, achal tuma tahora. If he eats tahor truma, mashalem chulin tahorin, he has to pay, pay him back uh, with chulin uh, that is tahor. Okay, um, and uh, in, in that instance, Shulayim Chulin Tamein, if he goes and pays back a Tamei Chulin in this instance, Sumkos Maim, Shum Rabbi Maim, Bashogek Tashlumav, Tashlumav Tashlumim, it is Bidyeved uh, good if you did it by mistake, Bamezid Ain Tashlumim, Tashlumav Tashlumim. If you did so by mistake, it's not a good pain. The Chachamim, remember the rabbi say about that, Bain Bashogek Bain Bamezid, Tashlumim, Tashlumav Tashlumim, whether it was in Intentional or unintentional, it's still defined as a good uh, payment back. Uh, and he goes and has to repay back uh, Tahor Truma. Uh, I mean, Chulin uh, Tahor, and, uh, and, 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 and it will become uh, Truma in the coin's hands. Right, so now.
Um, so the Gemara, after all of uh, all of that and explaining the the whole case, it says Vahe Midorata Toshluma Ba'amalma Have really Ma'alia Have. So what we're talking here is we're, we're from a Torah perspective, um, the 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 Tashlumim that you gave to him back to him is a very good. Uh, um, uh, it's it's good. It uh, pays him back. Uh, there's no problem with that. Um, and uh, and it really is owned fully by the priest, uh, by the kohen. So much so is that if the kohen would use it, litmus test of uh, of whether something belongs to a person is whether he can go. Uh, use it and makadesh a woman uh, with it. And take that and use that as a medium of uh, kedushin uh, to engage with this woman. And it says tafsila kedushav kedushai. The kedushin takes effect. Amar Rabbanan and tashlumim tashlumim. However, with the rabbi said no, uh, that is is no good. Uh, you know that uh, the rabbi say uh, that tashlumim is not a good tashlumim. Kusharinan eshet ish alma. Uh, and you know, uh, so, so really, what what we're saying is, in the in this instance, um, from a Torah perspective, it works. Uh, but then the rabbis came and said, no. Uh, what what we do is that actually uh, that payment is not a good payment at all. Ain tashlum of tashlumim, and 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 therefore that's our challenge. Kashon eshet ish alma. So what happens is that uh, we say that this woman. Uh, is uh, uh, is allowed now to everyone's uh, to, to everyone uh, because from a Dorata perspective um, she would be engaged. Uh, however, rabbinically we say no. Uh, we we allow her to to anyone. Uh, you know, we're allowing this this woman to everyone. So yeah, uh, another example of something from a rabbinic perspective uh, that overrides uh, from the Torah perspective. So uh, the Gemara says, hold on one sec. What is that meaning of the statement? His payment is not a payment. The Rebbe Meir says, "Devai lemhadai shamei chulin shlumei chulin torin." It means that he has to go back and pay with uh, um, pure chulin uh, over there. Uh, but but the food that he gave is also uh, actually holy. Ihachi sumkus hani rabbanan. If you say that that is the case, sumkus then actually becomes exactly what the rabbis said, because that's exactly what the rabbis seem to say: uh, is that uh, you have to pay him back, and then you have to go and pay back again uh, and therefore it seems to be exactly what the rabbis are saying and the Amarav Acha Breda Rav Ika he says Kansu Shogag Atumazid Ika Bina no read the difference uh, between uh, Sumkus and the rabbis uh, would, would uh, to, to, to punish uh, someone who does it on purpose I mean by mistake as if he'd done it on purpose okay and that's it if uh, according to Sumkus if he uh, paid it by mistake uh, back with Tame uh, Chulin uh, the payment is good and the rabbis didn't penalize you with the second payment but the rabbis say no uh, even if you your sin was by mistake you have to pay uh, back etc and uh, uh, and uh, you have to double pay back uh, as we've seen right uh, so that was uh, that proof uh, that, that we've come and rejected it uh, uh, you know on the, on that basis so now tashma dam shinba hutsa so what happens is if, if blood became Tame and a Kohen knew that it was Tame uh, and uh, uh, we will see in a second and he sprinkled on the altar right he sprinkled on the Mizbach if he did so on, on Bashogeg right if he did so by mistake uh, it is acceptable the offering still can go ahead even though the blood is Tame um, 
it still is a, a good offering. However, if you did it on purpose, uh, uh, then that is not acceptable. So the Gemara asks about that. Vahahi Midorata. Uh, really, what happens is, from a Torah perspective, uh, the, the the sprinkling of the blood. However, it should happen, uh, whether it was done, uh, you know, on on purpose or or accidentally. Uh, we should say the blood actually is um, acceptable uh, because, uh, as we learned, Titania in Abrata, Ama Hatzitz Merate. On what does the Tzitz uh, provide acceptance? Aladam Valabasava Chelav Shunma Bein Beshogig Bein Bemezid Bein Beonis Bein Beratzon Bein Biachid Bein Betzibur, and and that's it. So, in other words, uh, the 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 Tzitz that um, <coughs> that plate that uh, the Kohen Gadol wears on his forehead uh, atones, you know, for for blood and meat and fat uh, that became tamay whether you did it on purpose or uh, un- unintentionally uh, or um, uh, by accident or, or, or deliberately etc whether it's an individual whether it's a community that sits uh, goes and uh, uh, gains acceptance uh, if it is tame right uh, all of these things are it, it, it sits atones really and uh, <coughs> gives a um, allows something that is tame to to continue being offered up all right and uh ban is ban but amrin rabbanan the rabbi said listen law hutza um makadama khulin nazar so the rabbi said no um if you did it intentionally uh the tzitz does not uh, allow to be accepted Okay, uh, and uh, so it's, it's not acceptable if that happens. Um, and and the, the, what, what we're saying is, and, and, and if you do this, uh, you say it's no good, well, then this person's going to come and uh, um, have to bring another animal to sacrifice. And what happens is, uh, is now you bring in Khulin uh, to the Azara. That's uh, another prohibition altogether. Uh, if you bring an unconsecrated animal into the, uh, the courtyard over here, because it really, it, it did work, so therefore there's no no need to bring another animal if you're trying to be strict on a person to say no um uh if you uh, you know it, it doesn't uh it, um you know it's not acceptable anymore uh, now you bring a non-holy animal into the courtyard which is problematic amari rabiosi barchanina he says no let me explain to you my law roots the kama what do you mean that doesn't uh, it's not acceptable that we said it means that the it means that you won't be able to eat uh, the meat thereafter however aval balem nitkaprubo no the owners do get atonement so it's uh, albeit that you can't eat it afterwards uh, the meat you can't eat would have to be burnt. Uh, the owners do get atonement, so there's no problem of bringing Kulin to Al-Azara. So the Gemara says, but still, that's not quite out of the problem yet. Sof, sof. Mitzkara achilat basar. You are uprooting uh, the eating of the meat, because you said, listen, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's acceptable uh, in the sense that you don't have to bring another offering, but it's not acceptable in the sense that uh, um, the the owners, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't allow the meat of the, the, to, to be eaten. And uh, once you're not allowing the meat to be eaten, um, uh, and uh, that, that's problematic uh, because uh, you're uprooting the meat of eating the meat and and, uh, and the Pasuk says about that, uh, you should eat of those things with which atonement was made. Uh, is that uh, the, the 
Kohanim eat the, the, the offering and the, the owners gain acceptance thereby, even though the owners don't themselves eat, especially if it's a, a, a serious sin, for example, like a khatat, uh, it's only the Kohanim males uh, that eat it and, uh, and not anyone else. Uh, so the owner doesn't eat any of his uh, offering over here. So it's, even though the, just the Kohanim are eating uh, still, the... Um, uh, it's uh, um, uh, the, the, the the owners get atonement, even though just the kohanim are eating. It's not that they have to uh, have atonement as well. All right, so that would be a, a problem, surely, uh, because as we said, um, uh, if you can't eat the meat, uh, then you can't get atonement. <coughs> and uh, you know, so if you if you as we said, uh, that would be problematic if you can't eat the meat because now it's tamay. Uh, so therefore. Uh, now we get to the, the answer. Uh, it says, uh, if you're just sitting and refraining from an action, uh, you're, not, you're not doing something physical, you're just refraining from acting. Uh, uh, that is different. In other words, uh, this, is, this is a place that the rabbis can come along and say, listen, uh, you don't have to do a, uh, a, 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 a commandment from the Torah. Um, and by, by passively sitting and just waiting, uh, then uh, you fulfill the mitzvah. Okay, you uh, by doing nothing, uh, you 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 actually uh, are allowed to um, get the the mitzvah, uh, allow the mitzvah to pass you by. Uh, but they can't come along and actively uproot a mitzvah if they they tell you to do an action that can't go against an existing mitzvah. All right, and uh, and that is that. So uh, therefore. What are we talking about uh, over here? It says like if you're just sitting and you don't let them eat the meat, well then it's not their fault. You know that's the, that's the thing. There's just not an action to do it over there. So still the kapara applies. All right. So now Amrila, uh, um, by Lotvach, uh, I wanted to challenge you from a number of different uh, sources over there. And uh, number one, number one we see Aral Hanaza. Okay, um, uh, and and some of them are. <clears throat> an arrow and a za. So, what is this uh, person? What's an arrow talking about? This is talking about a person uh, on Erev Pesach that converts. Okay, he's not allowed uh, to eat uh, because uh, Beit Hillel's view is that if you uh, have a Brit Milah, uh, you are impure, like you've separated from a Tamay mate. Uh, and even though um, that you are told, he was told to bring the offering to, to, to convert, uh, um, you know, this, this Aral, okay, uh, and uh, uh, it's, it's going to be <coughs> that uh, he's going to get confused. And next year he's going to say, listen, I was Tame uh, last year this time, but now I can bring an offering. You know, I was able to bring an offering there. No, we say, listen, you have to, you have to wait seven days over there. So on Erev Pesach, it's too late for this guy. Okay, Isaiah, similarly, uh, sprinkling the waters uh, on someone who became uh, impure, a uh, mate, uh, and uh, he's meant to get uh, um, sprinkling on the third and the seventh day. Uh, assume in this instance uh, that uh, the seventh day is, is on Pesach, and uh, even though uh, he, he will be fine by the night, uh, it would, he's not allowed to have sprinkling done to him, uh, despite the fact that it's seventh day. Uh, on the eighth day already, it's Pesach, it's, uh, it's, it's too late. Uh, to, to bring the Korban Pesach, he would have to have brought it yesterday. Uh, so therefore, he's sitting out uh, over there. So even that, <coughs> you can't get it on Erev Pesach uh, on Shabbat, uh, because this, uh, even though that will stop you eating the Korban Pesach. And the same kind of thing with a knife. Uh, the knife that's used for 
Brit Mila. Uh, you're not allowed to carry it, even though uh, you meant to give a baby a breast on the eighth day, uh, and uh, you you know you're not going to be able to do it now, uh, and that's it. Sudden but sits it. You know, also a case of a cloak, uh, which. Um, Assuming here it's a linen cloak, uh, and the rabbis didn't allow you to put uh, tzitzit, uh, woolen tzitzit on because uh, people are going to get confused and uh, and uh, you'll <coughs> put it on something that's only worn at night and uh, which is exempt from tzitzit. Okay, and this would be a mixture of shatnets uh, then. All right, so even though that would nullify the mitzvah of tzitzit, uh, then, you know, even though it's got four corners, etc., it would nullify the mitzvah of tzitzit. The kibzah tzeret, the lambs sacrificed on Shavuot, if Shavuot falls on Shabbat, um, the, the, the rabbis say, listen, you're not allowed to sprinkle the blood of the, of the lambs if you haven't had proper intention uh, to do so. So, you know, sprinkling uh, shouldn't be such a big thing. It, it, you know, there's no uh, mitzvah of uh, breaking Shabbat by sprinkling, uh, uh, but still, we're not allowed to do it. Uh, it says the shofar, and similarly with regard to a shofar, which we have to blow uh, on, on, on Rosh Hashanah, and uh, if Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbat, we know the Gezerah of Rava, uh, who says that a person would, would get confused uh, and uh, we'd be worried about not being able to learn, uh, and he'll go to a Chacham, he'll carry uh, the, the shofar to go and uh, uh, to someone who's able to teach him a Baal Tokeh, to be a proper Baal Tokeh. Uh, and that's it, so you're not allowed to blow it on Shabbat, and case you carry four more to Rishul Tarabim. For Lulav, uh, and same thing with Lulav, a similar kind of idea, you're not allowed to shake the Lulav on first day of uh, Sukkot uh, being Shabbat. Um, even if it's the first day on Shabbat, uh, you can't uh, do it. The same kind of idea um, uh, is a shofar because someone is going to uh, take it to a chacham and carry it. Um, uh, we didn't. We not allow, We don't allow him to do that. And and, and all of these questions I was going to ask you. Vashda dashenit la lan shav altase. But eventually I got to the the situation of shav altase. You said, listen, sitting passively and not not acting, uh, and thereby uh, the commandment uh, does not get fulfilled. Uh, is is not considered kula anami. Uh, it says law miikarhu. Uh, this is not ma'akir, uh, who that is not uprooting uh, the uh, um, uh, an action over there, and therefore because all of these shaiva altase ninu kulan enami shaiva altase ninu, all of these cases, uh, for example, uh, just not playing the shofar and rosh hashanah falling on shabbat, uh, that's uh, you allowed to do that because you're, you're just passively nullifying the mitzvah over there. Uh, the Gemara says, well, maybe Tashma, let's try again. Talking about a, a, a prophet, a true prophet, you have to listen to him. That's uh, in uh, Parashat Shoftim. Even if he comes and he tells you uh, to uh, neglect one of the uh, and and to transgress one of the mitzvot in the Torah, again Eliyahu b'Harakamel, same as Eliyahu and Harakamel, I call a fiyshah. Everything according to the hour, uh, and uh, you know, even though the, you're not allowed to bring an offering on a bama, and uh, Harakamel was like a bama, uh, this was, um, and that would be. Uh, um, 
like um, you know forbidden uh, to sacrifice stuff outside the temple with, with from a current perspective etc it says no uh, if it's just a once off thing uh, you have to listen to him so here we see that uh, um, that is something that, that you do actively uh, to go against the, the, the Torah in this instance and the Gomorrah says no shiny hatam it's different over there I love Tishmoon to him you have to listen uh, and you know, talking about a prophet so that the prophet you have to listen to him uh, there is a mitzvah to obey the prophet uh, and therefore uh, this positive commandment uh, would of listening to him would override uh, negative commandments so the Gemara says uh, surely we should learn from here is that uh, the, uh, the rabbis have the same power as a prophet over there and we say no uh, shiny. Uh, if you just want to come along and uh, safeguard it put a gerer put some kind of block over there uh, that's different so the same idea as Eliyahu <coughs> came you know and he wanted he was literally the, the Jewish people were veering off towards idols etc uh, so therefore he wanted to stop them and uh, so therefore he did kind of uh, extra legal took extra legal measures uh, in this thing so even though uh, you um, you wanted to stop the Jews worshipping idols etc he would therefore override a mitzvah on a temporary basis in order to to help the people out alright uh, Tashma again um, we uh, we carry on but law divrei so what happens is the rabbi said listen a man uh, tells an agent he says listen I'm, I want to divorce my wife okay uh, and um, uh, and he goes and he gives it to the agent and he goes and all of a sudden he has these pangs of regret and all of a sudden he comes to the bait and he says oi look what I've done I've sent this guy uh, to uh, uh, to divorce my my you know what what is soon to be ex-wife but I've actually changed my mind okay and this was obviously uh, before instant communication and all stuff like that, uh, you know, you just said him a WhatsApp now. That's what you do anyway. But uh, but that uh, wasn't able to be done. Uh, so what he used to do was able, uh, you know, in Rabbi Shem Ben Gamliel says, listen, um, he, uh, uh, sorry. Well, the, firstly, let's before we get there, Bitlu Vato um, Rebi. Rebi says. Uh, this man comes in front of the uh, um, uh, uh, the court and he and he nullifies uh, the get over there. So even though uh, the the the, um, the the woman um, doesn't know she's getting a get, but the husband's already cancelled it. So before she gets the get, the husband's already cancelled it. So it's actually a meaningless uh, case uh, over here because he's already cancelled the get. However, um, you, what what you want to do, uh, we're saying is that uh, uh, it's not he's not allowed to do that uh, because of all the problems that it could cause. Uh, right? And uh, uh, however, if he did, um, if he did come, we said he's not allowed to nullify it. But if he did, um, uh, uh, anyway. Sorry, Rebbe had said actually that you could actually um, nullify the uh, uh, the nullify this uh, this divorce. Uh, you know, even though <coughs> the um, he's already sent the agent out, uh, he's entitled to go to the court and and cancel it. So you know uh, that, that could be dangerous because a woman uh, could go and uh, and receive the get and say, oh, I've got a real get. Uh, but he's changed his mind. He changed his mind and he goes to court, etc. Uh, and, and and therefore, so uh, if he does nullify it, we said you're not supposed to nullify it. But if you do nullify it, um, uh, you know it is mavutal. That's what Rebbe says. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, my Rabbi Rashbag says, Anyway, call law lavat 
you're not allowed to nullify it, um, and you can't add to the condition, etc. You know, if it's got a, a get with a condition on, if that is the case, uh, where would the, the power of the bait in lie? And the Gemara says, so now, so what is the problem? Really, the get is battle dorata. So this man and this woman are fully married. Okay, Mishum, Ma. Quach beitin, you know, and now you're worried about a principle. What is the strength of the beitin? You're going to people are going to cast dispersions on the beitin. Kasharian eshet ish alma. You know, so his nullification is no good, which means that uh, uh, we said we have to take the nullification into account, uh, and and, and the, you know the, the marriage is um, is over, uh, and uh, and therefore um, um, we'll be saying in this. Sorry. The, Really, it's, it's nullified, the marriage is over. And if we, we say we're worried that uh, people aren't going to, you know, what's the power of the court, then we'll say, actually, uh, she's not uh, nullified. It means it's a good get, uh, you know. And, and therefore, uh, essentially, what, what we're saying is, uh, if you say, um, on a derata level, the get is battle, sorry, uh, therefore, she is permitted. Uh, she's not permitted to anyone except her husband, and it says because of the quach the baitin, we say no, it, it it still works. So now you've got ish uh, lama, you know, uh, the the nullification is no good, uh, you know, and, and and therefore we're allowing a, a woman to the whole world, yeah. Uh, it says no man the makadesh adata the man the makadesh adata rabbanan makadesh vafkure baitin lekudushin. Really, the answer to that is. Um, that's not good because uh, if you once a, a man uh, engages a woman, he engages her uh, based on the will of the rabbis. And in this case, the rabbis came and said it's nullified. Okay, and, and, and the rabbis nullified this kedushin. It means they can do so because the whole point is that the rabbis have the power uh, in this level of, of kedushin and it needs to be um, uh, uh, you know, on their on their behest, as it were, um, and 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 therefore, uh, if they don't agree with it, they can nullify retroactively, almost uproot the um, the the marriage. Okay, I'm um, going Ravashi. the Kaddish This works well when it comes to money, because you could say bait hefka bait in hefka, and therefore they could nullify the the engagement, the the betrothal. Kaddish bevia ma'ikela ma'ima, and uh, what happens if he makaddish with bia? Uh, you know, where's the power of the baiting over there? Uh, you know, because the baiting might have monetary power, but for, for Bia, how could it do that? Um, uh, it says, no, the rabbis have got the ability to say, listen, even the, the, the relations that a person has, we say, no, that was not for marriage, that was just for licentious purposes, and therefore uh, they can uh, uproot uh, even that. All right, uh, you know, so still we haven't got a proof. Okay, Tashma, Amr of Elazar, Bar Yaakov, Shemati, Shabaitin, Makin, Vonshin, Shalom, Minatora, Vlo Lavoda, Divretora, Ella La Sotia Glatora. So, uh, from a Torah perspective, um, you know, you, uh, you you shouldn't be able to lash a person or punish it. Uh, you know, that's it. You wouldn't get those punishments from the Torah. Uh, and uh, what they want to do is do that as a, as a guard uh, for the Torah. Um, uh, it should be a, a, a safeguard for the Torah. Like, uh, we have the following case. Uh, during the times of the Greeks, where everyone was becoming quite Hellenized, a 
person rode a, uh, um, um, uh, a horse on Shabbat in the days of the of the Greeks, and that that's only rabbinically uh, prohibited. Vivi de Beitin Zakulu, and they went to Beitin and they killed him. Uh, they stoned him as a result of that. No, not not because he essentially deserved that, uh, because after all, it's a rabbinic uh, thing, and uh, you know, riding is not punishable by bus stoning. Ella No, we just had to uh, make sure that uh, the the hour needed it, okay? Because and to, to frighten people into keeping Shabbat. Uh, right, and a man had relations with his wife uh, in a, in, under a fig tree, uh, but it was everyone could see what was going on, uh, and uh, they came and they lashed them, uh, not because that's uh, what you do, okay, it's, you can have relations with wife wherever you want, really, on a Dorata level, but um, because it was, uh, uh, you know, it, it was, um, uh, they, they lashed him. Lord Milashirulkach, not because necessarily that was the correct punishment uh, to do. Ella she asha tzrichinakach. It's the it's the um, uh, the hour needed it because people were behaving very laxly in these matters. So therefore, they they wanted to scare people uh, with that. All right, uh, and the Gemara answers Migadara milta shiny. No, uh, because they wanted to scare people, uh, they had to you know put in the, all these uh, safeguards uh, as well. All right, so therefore. Uh, on a on a Dorata level, we see that uh, you know that you you can't. They don't have the power uh, to do that actively, uh, but you can do it passively uh, as well. All right, and uh, uh, and they've got these other powers to lash people, etc., etc. Okay, moving on. Uh, Neither the first husband nor the second one become tame for her uh, if they were koanim dektiv kiim lesherak or avelav. Uh, where do we learn this from? Because the Pasuk says in the beginning of Imar, uh, he's not allowed to become Tame um, uh, for, for anyone except ever his, it says, his mother, his father, his brother, his sisters, and to Sha'er, Akarov Elav, Kim Lesher, Akarov Elav, to his relatives that is close to him, uh, he can make himself a Tame for that. Amama, Sha'ero, Zuishto, and Sha'ero uh, in this instance means his wife. Uh, his relative is his wife, and it says, "Because if law, itama baba mav lehechalo, and he's not allowed to file himself a husband uh, amongst his people lehechalo uh, to um, uh, profane himself." Okay, so it says there seems to be yesh bal shemetame v'yesh bal shainamatame. There seems to be here that uh, you know there are certain husbands that do become tame uh, for for his wife and the husband husbands that don't. Okay, so how do you uh, judge between the two? Matame who lishdok shera person is allowed to become tame for a kosher wife, but they've only matame lishdok sula. But you don't become tame uh, for for your tame wife over there, and uh, you know for your your pasul wife over there. And this instance, you know, because of the she's definitely disqualified uh, with regard to these uh, these men. You know, definitely the first husband. Uh, you know, she she's had this affair. Uh, you know, even the second Second one, you know, you're not properly married to, uh, etc. So therefore, uh, you can't become tamei for. Her. Okay, quote in the Mishnah Law. It says, um, uh, "Not neither of uh, the first husband nor the second one get any fi- uh, get any articles that she finds." Tama ma'amirabalan mitziata ishlevala. Why do they say? Um, a, a woman's fines belong to the husband. It says, uh, you, you wouldn't want it to be uh, hatred uh, 
um, between him and her because uh, he says, listen, I'm supporting you. Now you found this, you should be able to, you, know, you should give it to me, etc. Haka, but in this uh, situation of this problematic marriage, Tiava, La Eva, Eva, you know, they should be fighting over here. We had a similar kind of concept uh, yesterday uh, when you said uh, the, the, there's no need, uh, you know, she's not allowed the, the kutubah and uh, she's not allowed uh, the, the, the worn out clothes, etc. It's going to make life. Uh, I mean, very hard for her, and 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 you wouldn't want that. Um, uh, you you want to put as much strain on the marriage as possible, uh, and and we don't want them to stay married. The Masia there similarly um, with uh, the Masia there time of my Amir and Masia Lebala with anything that she uh, earns, uh, it, it 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 doesn't go to her husband. It says, and the reason is, uh, why do we say? Um, uh, why do they say the earnings should go to the husband because it's a quid pro quo uh, and um, uh, the earnings belong to the husband because he supports her so you know, it would be uh, problematic if uh, he didn't get uh, what she earned uh, and, and still yet to support her uh, she's bringing in money but she's not using any of that to support the house and it's only him so the husband uh, will get upset with that um, but yeah uh, you know, because she eats his food uh, she has to give the, the earnings to him but yeah because she doesn't eat the food uh, she does not have to give the earnings to the husband also that's probably going to cause enmity and uh, and um, uh, he does not nullify vast time my Amarachmana Bala Mayfu. Why do we say the husband can nullify his wife's uh, wife's vows? Kadesh Lord Tit Titka Ne um Haka Titnagevit so that she'd become um repulsive uh, to him, for example, she said, Listen, I'm not gonna wash, I'm not gonna put on makeup, etc. Uh, so therefore the Gomorrah says about this, uh, we don't care uh, if uh, uh the, this this uh woman becomes repulsive to her husband uh, that's exactly what the rabbis actually want uh, they want this marriage to end uh, and therefore uh, he's not allowed to nullify vows even if it is something that makes uh, him feel disgusting to her he'll eventually uh, divorce her as a result of that all right um we will leave it there everyone should have a great day